I should probably turn you so you can see people. Do you want to? or? Is yeah, it- I'd like to know who I'm talking to. Okay. I don't know if you can see everybody, but... Yeah, what's up, guys? You guys want to scoot in? Scoot in! Come on, let's get up close. We should get, like, a selfie together. Just kidding. Adam, are you at the beach? I was earlier today. Oh, yeah. I'm at a beach house for the weekend. He's at a beach house right now. Sweet, man. Well, why don't you tell everybody who you are and what you have been doing and how long you've been doing this music thing? Okay. So I'm Adam. Um, I've been living in Nashville for 12 years now. Um, I see. I'm, I grew up in Indiana. Uh, by like junior year of high school, I knew I wanted to do music. Um, so I didn't go to college. I just worked on songwriting and all that stuff. And, um, I ended up in Nashville and it's been a long journey. (laughs) It it was a wild ride, but, um, I, for the first probably five years, I, I had lots of part-time jobs. I served tables at different bars. I was a trash man. That was my last um, job before I went full time. Um, so I hopped lots of little part-time jobs and then stuff started happening. So okay. about six years in. About six years in. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Um, so it's been it's been about six years of being full time. Six years being full time. That's awesome. When did you move to mm-hmm. Nashville? When did you make that choice to move to Nashville? It was twelve years ago. So late, like two thousand seven, I think. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you've been six years in. And, um, yeah, I, the thing that I'm struck by with you is like, you've had a bunch of different bands and have done a lot of different things and now you're kind of solo. Talk about that journey Mm -hmm. a little bit. What, um, made you go from band back to solo and get into producing too? Yeah. 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 So, um, I moved to be a solo artist. I moved to Nashville to be a solo artist. And um, I I had a little, a, like a little stuff was kind of growing for me, but I I didn't approach networking in a healthy way. It was very, um, I, I used relationships in a very unhealthy way to get what I needed for my career. And I had a, a few close friends that really called me out and were like, dude, you can't treat people like this. Like this is, this is a relationship business. And so you have to, you know, build relationships, not to, you know, just see people as opportunities to get to the next step. Um, so that was a, that was kind of like my first big learning lesson in being in Nashville. Um, I was meeting lots of really successful people and people that I wanted to know, but, um, I wasn't, I wasn't coming from a honest, like a healthy place. I was coming from a, what can I get out of this kind of place? Um, so that was one thing. And then I started writing with a friend and we, we both had part-time jobs at the time. And, um, so we both would get off of our, our shifts, like serving at a bar and get both be off around midnight and, I'd either go over over to his place and he, or he'd come to my place and we'd write music until like three or four in the morning. And that was what the start of my band. 
And I, it was like, I just saw it as a side project. We recorded it for $700 for a seven song EP. We recorded it for a hundred dollars a song. How? With my buddy that just, my buddy just got, had just gotten some gear. And so he was oh still God. learning how to produce. And he's a buddy that now I've produced, you know, Andrew Bell with him. I've produced Amy Stroop with him, a lot of folks. So, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so we made we made that little new lore EP for seven hundred bucks, and then um, it sat on a hard drive for about a year, and then wow. friends started hearing it, and I got a random email from somebody at Warner, and they said, "I I heard this e- this project, I think it's you. I heard you did it in some basement, and I want to meet with you." So I went and got a coffee with like the president of Warner, and that's what kind of started things. Um, <laughs> and then that was a really slow process. He didn't, he helped me kind of get things started. Like he helped me, he paid for like download cards and like really simple things. It was like his like little side project for, from the label. So I, I wasn't on Warner. Right. Um, and then my band started touring and we, <gasps> that's where I met. I don't know. There was all sorts of, yeah. Yeah. At Rumba Cafe. Yeah. Rumba Cafe. So, Check this story out. This is really random, but awesome. And it's, it really is, like you said, it's about creating relationships um, along the way. And uh, I met Adam. I was opening, opening. So I was like the local opener at a show that his band, New Lore, was playing at, with Andrew mm-hmm. Bell. Uh, and Andrew Bell is one of my favorites. Like, And I told you that a million times. Yeah. But, for real, he's one of my favorite songwriters. And so I was like geeked that I was playing the show with Andrew Bell. And then I heard New Lore and I was like, you guys are amazing. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you guys are awesome. And I got a picture with you, I think. I don't know. I think I did. I Maybe. think I was like fangirling a little bit. But um, I think we got a picture together. And then like you were tagged in it on Facebook. And then... We became Facebook friends. This is how weird Facebook mm-hmm. is. We became mm-hmm. Facebook friends. And um, I just kind of had followed your journey after that, you know? Yeah. Then years later, I don't even know when all that happened. Maybe like five years ago. I don't know. Yeah, that's, Four or five that's years when we were ago. touring a lot. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then you told me, you're like, Hey, if you're ever in Nashville and want to record, I just want you to know that I'm recording people now. And I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. I'm never coming to Nashville. So dang it. never mind." <laughs> um, but then I got this crazy idea. I was like, well, could we remote, like record remotely? Is that a possibility? Cause I had done that on another song and mm-hmm. you were willing to try. And I was like, okay, let's try it. And I had just gotten my Neumann microphone and was ready to go. And uh, I actually recorded the first song by my side in GarageBand. That was like hilarious. And then I Mm -hmm. got Logic from David, David Andrew back there. He gave me Logic and uh, now I'm kind of doing it for real. But it's just crazy. Again, like making those relationships along the way like you never know who's gonna be in your life later so it's like treat people with kindness with respect 
with um, not expecting anything out of anyone, but just starting For those sure. relationships. It's got to start with the yeah. relationship first. One thing that I was bad at early on was I knew everybody in the room. Like I would go to shows and I would yeah. know who everybody was because I did my research. Um, but I would, I wouldn't go up to them like a, I wanted to be seen as on the same level as them, though I wasn't, you know? So I, I tried to act like I was their buddy before I got like trust from them. And I needed, I've learned, it's like, it's okay to be a fan. It's okay to say, Hey man, I really respect you. I do what you do too. Um, I would love to collaborate with you or whatever your goal is. But, um, I think I was trying to just be like, hey, I'm as awesome as you are. And yeah. that didn't work because I wasn't. Yeah. I had a lot to learn. Right. Um, so Adam, too, like I told you earlier, he is writing 24 songs in recording. Well, you've written a lot of them, but you're recording 24 songs this year. This year, yeah. Yeah. So what are your hopes for that project? And how do you balance everything? Cause you also yeah. record people too, and you're doing co-writes and how do you balance? Yeah. I'm not it? very graceful. <laughs> I'm working a lot of after hours, yep. um, but the, the thing is, is I, I've always been really pro- prolific. I can write a song really easily and it, they just come very naturally for me. Um, but I've always had business people or label or there's always been people around me that have kind of stunted the process and i want to write something record it and release it you know i want it to be like out as i'm going through that season of my life and the industry just doesn't work that that way and so i you know when i got off of the label i had a big identity crisis and i it was a lot of like who am i without being you know, my whole dream was always to be on a big record label. And then I got to be on one and it didn't go well. And so then things were kind of crumbling. My band is kind of falling apart. And I, I was like, well, what I can control is that I've always written a lot of songs. And yeah. I, I'd, always, I'd always felt like um, the people that I worked with never really heard, heard my ideas like through the end. So I felt like a lot of our recordings weren't exactly how I heard them in my head. And so that's when I started collecting gear and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try to figure out how to make my own music because I'm proud of my work, but it, it's shifted more into how I really hear it in my head now that I'm the one engineering it and producing it and playing all the parts. And so, um, that was after we left the label, that was kind of my next two or three years where I just like dove in and learned how to record myself. And, um, and that was kind of the goal was like, okay, well now I can finally catch up on all these songs that I've written over these years wow. and finally, you know, get them off, off my plate. Cause I've, it's felt like it's, it's not necessarily going, getting released in chronological order of like my, my actual story, but it's like, um, some songs are very like heartfelt and very come from a really real place. And other songs are like, well, I like this sound. And I've always wanted to make like a jazz hip hop song. Like that's what's about, there's some that are about to come out like that. And I'm like, well, I've always wanted to try it. So yeah. <laughs> let's, let's try it. You know? So many. Yeah. You have to check out if you're wanting 
you know, to hear what he does and how he produces and things. Um, just look it up on Spotify. He's like releasing all these songs all the time. Adam Agin, A-G-I-N. Um, and yeah, super and, fun. And my, my band was New Lauren. There's, there's a few. So what? I said, I love all the songs that you're releasing. I'm like, they're so fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You're good. It's been, it's been a fun process. And also challenging. I just moved this past weekend. Yes, you my did. My wife and I just sold, sold our house. So I'm currently renovating a garage and converting it into a studio. So I can't finish my... I'm, when I started the project, I had a, uh, the first two months already finished in the can and now i'm caught uh, now i'm like playing catch up so i don't have august songs finished oh dear um so i'm i'm kind of under the shot clock i feel you and i have to do your, your next song <laughs> yeah you do that's gonna be fun actually seth kaminsky's in the room right now so me and seth are doing a collab on this next song which is gonna be super fun I was like, hey, can you do this, like, little spoken word type rap part? Because I can't do it. And so he's going to get in on that. That'd be cool. Um, so a question that was asked uh, that people wanted to know was, how much time do you spend writing a day or weekly? You know, like, how much time do you mm -hmm. commit to songwriting? And how is that a part of your routine? Yeah. It varies week to week for me. Um, I'm I'm in a season where I kind of need to kind of figure out my schedule, like figure out a, a more what. So I love making music. That's my favorite part. But it is a business, and it's yeah. it's a way to provide for my family. And yeah. what the part that I'm bad at, and the part that I always put on the back burner is responding to emails or um, filling out dumb documents like oh, music that I has. Yeah, Music Beds accepted my whole catalog to go back on their website, and I've been emailing with them since October. <laughs> and so, so it's like, which Music Bed is that? Is that a music licensing thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for micro micro licenses. Micro licenses. So, um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is almost essentially try to work four days in the studio and only um and then on the fifth day that's the day i hold up and respond to emails and all that kind of boring stuff that i really don't like um but to answer the question in april um in april i wrote and produced 10 tracks and songs so i wrote the song and then made it a master you say 10 that is 10 in april alone yeah what the um, how the <laughs> that seems like a lot to me but yeah it was a lot yeah that's super cool though it's i mean it's one thing to write a song but to like make it a finished it. you know song song ready for um release is, is a you know it usually takes me about three to four full days to have a song off the mix yeah still that's a really quick turnover like three to four days you're done with a song completely which that's, i feel that's like that's my goal i i'm sure i try to keep it at three but yeah that's amazing though man that's crazy from start to finish yeah but it seems like you've got 
it yeah. down. When you go in to produce a song, what are the things that you are looking for um, to know that it makes the cut, I guess, into your, your 24 I mean, it's, I think a song really... I mean, a cool, cool sounds and cool production only can carry a song so much. So it's definitely about the song. It's about the craft of the work. It's about the lyric. It's about that melody. Um, and is it something memorable? Is it something that um, evokes emotion? Whether you're trying to make somebody dance, or you're trying to make somebody cry. Like it, it, um, it has to live up to that without any other instruments, you know. And then the. The production should only enhance that emotion, you know? That's true. Yeah, that's so good. I love it. Oh, so we're in writing all these songs, man, and it seems like you're just a well of inspiration. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Uh, I mean, it goes across the board. I mean, my poor wife, um, <laughs> there was a season where our, mar our marriage was really in a tough spot, and I was yeah. writing all these, like, really bad songs and she's like why can't you write a, write a happy song about us it's like because oh, we're not in a happy place you know, know. Um, but it's been it's been funny like life has been a, been a lot easier in our relationship at least and so there's all the, I've, I've never really written a good like I don't write love songs very easily yeah um, I can write I can write a sad song all day long um, but I've been starting to write happy songs about a relationship and it, it's just Yay. I'm I kind of, uh, I, I, I can't fake it, you know, it's like whatever is true to who I am or where I am in my, my life like that just kind of spits out even if I don't want it to. It's yeah. funny. I had a season where there was a, there was a, a time where I would like, I'd write songs and I wouldn't know what they're about. And then they would happen to me like a year later or six months later. And the, so there's this whole back in the day there was this whole collection of songs that were like almost predicting what was about to happen and i had no clue what, wow. that, what they were at the time but then it was like oh wow this is this song really resonates with, with what is happening right now so wow but yeah i mean i there's there's days you know when i write a lot for sync and so there's days where it's like a lot of how those work i mean i've i've emailed with the supervisor trying to choose the song for the clean it commercial and you know they send they send the reference of like another song yeah i've written for a clean commercial i didn't get it um oh my god no but you pretty much they pretty much just want wants you to rip off something you know like yeah i've written so many songs trying to replace a magic dragon song because magic dragons would you know charge Two hundred fifty thousand dollars for it, and you know, if they pay me fifty thousand dollars, I'll be super happy with it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, they, there's a lot of that where they're just trying to they they know the song they want, but they can't afford it. Uh -huh. So they're just trying to find somebody else that is still good at what they do, but isn't going to charge as much. Yeah. So, but but those days are hard for my soul. Like if I'm in a real emotional place, like. I, I just can't do it because it's like, yeah. it, it feels so sucking. Um, but there's other, there's other days where it's like, all right, I, it kind of depends if it's a co who the co-write is with um, and what the goal is. You know, if it's like, I've been working with other, other artists with other sync teams. So that's, do you want me to go into businessy stuff? Yes, I do. I was the, my okay. next question is about co-writes. 
What are some tips how okay, to so, co-write with someone? Okay. So I don't know if y'all do sync stuff, but so I, I had a sync deal for eight years with a company called Secret Road, and that's where I got a majority of my syncs. Um, but, but the thing, so I left them in October because they, they were kind of not doing as well for me. Um, and the, so what I've been doing lately to, like, to provide myself as many opportunities as possible is I've been working with other artists with other sync deals. So I'll write a song with them and I'll produce, produce the track. I'm not, and it allows me to have more, more op, like opportunities opportunities out so i have new more more than one team pitching my songs essentially totally, yeah. um, and that's that's been starting to work for me it's taken a while but it's starting to work um i got two sinks in one day last week so <gasps> last week you got more yeah i got two more they haven't heard yet but i got the request you, you just you got a sync too with um i was just flurry flurry yeah yeah which yeah. Is crazy to me because I love her. And I just Lauren's think great. that you work with all these artists that I'm like, I'm totally a fan of. You know? That's yeah, cool. it's easy. You just if you live in Nashville, you just run into people and yeah, become buddies. Hey, you want to be? You want to do a co-write? Like, sure. <laughs> yeah. So what? Do you, yeah. Yeah. What do you do when you go in to a co-write with people? Like, how do you prepare personally? And, um, it depends on who it is. Um, or do you, I will, I will say sometimes, um, I will say, so I like being the guy to throw out the first idea. Um, I, I know for some people, a co-write is really awkward for me. It's like, like just another day. Um, cause I've done so many, but I, I would say not at the beginning. It wasn't like that, you know? Um, but I now, I know when, I, especially when I'm writing with a new artist or somebody that's, newer in the world and i know it can be kind of uncomfortable i i try to be prepared where i'm i'm giving us something to build off of whether it's like a four bar little loop on like a little track thing to start with or if it's like just a little melody something to kind of at least throw it out there if they don't a like starting it, that's fine but yeah a starting point yeah so um and if it's a bigger right if it's somebody like i've been wanting to write with them for years um you know, obviously I want to be on my game. So I try, I try to have some kind of idea, um, or something to make, you know, I mean, it's an emotional business. So you want people to think you're good, obviously. Um, so there's a, there's a fine line with all that, but, um, I think before you co-write, I think a lot of it is confidence is knowing your strengths and being okay with people telling you no, like, I think, early on I got my feelings hurt a lot because people say nah, that's not that good and now it's just like the whole goal of the day is to write something that yeah a will a will like move the needle and also you know keep the lights on that's good yeah that's really smart and how do you how do you explain splits to me really well yeah yeah Maybe you could break that down just a little bit because there's like, oh gosh, it's so confusing. It's so Masters, confusing. Okay, so songwriting. Um, and, uh, I will say different people do it different ways. I've done yeah. the national the co write way and the LA co write way are two different approaches. I've done both. Okay. Um, 
a lot of a lot of people in Nashville, if you're if there's three people in the room, it doesn't matter who throws out what idea, it's just a fair three point thirty three point three percent split equally. Um but um I've had a quote ray with somebody I'm not gonna mention. Um but they they counted who wrote what lines. I wrote two lyrics in the song, but it was the hook. It was the song that came that, that so it was saying eight times in the whole chorus, in the whole song. Yeah. And they wanted to only give me they wanted to only give me fifteen percent because it was two lyrics. But I'm like, that's, that's the song, good. that's the part that pe- yeah. people no, that's the part that people sing back to you. And so that that was before I had a manager and a lawyer or anything and that was early business, you know, like you have to learn when to when to um I guess stand up for yourself or when to just like see it as an opportunity to grow and take take the hit. But I should in that situation, I should have gotten more than fifteen percent, you know. Um there was there was three people that wrote the song and um it was all divvied up weird ways based yeah. on who wrote what lyrics. So crazy. Uh. As far as TV and film. So here's an example. So say you get a $10,000 sink. Uh-huh. That, um, if you are taking notes, see it as two, see it as two $5,000 pools. So you have $10,000 at the top, two $5,000 pools. One $5,000 pool is whoever owns the master. It's either the artist that if they paid the producer for the song, they own the master. If the label paid for it, they own the master. So $5,000 of it goes to whoever owns the master. The other $5,000 is split up between who wrote the song. So you can get a $10,000 sync, and it can be a three-way co-write. And you only see whatever thirty three point three percent of the five grand is. Um, so it, it it looks really big on paper, but then it all the pieces of the pie get cut like, up. Oh, and you, like yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, and then most you know most of the time you're not getting a sink unless you have a sink team. So like uh, a pretty common percentage is for a sink team to take thirty percent. Exactly. Off of yeah. off of your portion, so you're like you're they're taking thirty three they're taking thirty percent of your thirty three point three percent you know so yeah. it can get small pretty quick exactly um, but if it's a if it's a fifty thousand dollar sink you know that starts to help yeah totally um, speaking of sink because a lot of people ask this question um, sink do you guys know what sink is we keep talking okay. Well, they don't even know what sync is real quick. Sync is getting songs play synced onto TV shows or commercials. So sync, they call it sync licensing or sync placements. Um, mm-hmm. uh, talk about publishing because publishing is different too. We're like, we're going, we'll t- break it down here. Yeah, yeah. So publishing is so if you're I'll I'll go to the basics. So okay. you want to be a songwriter and you want to be an artist. I highly re- recommend everybody in that room to 
sign up with a PRO company, either ASCAP or BMI, right, and create create a writer. So you need to be, sign up for two different things as a writer, and then you need to sign up as a publisher. Until you, if you would get an offer as a publishing deal, then that's separate. But so you register your songs as a writer and as a publisher, it makes you more money. Yes. So I, uh, so performing rights organization, I'm with ASCAP. And so I have Heather Evans as my artist, like as a songwriter. So I create collection royalties as Heather Evans. So I'm also my own publisher. You want to be your own publisher. So I'm Heather Evans Music. That's my publishing company. So I can collect both the publishing and the songwriting. The writer. So you get, yeah. there's money out there that you're not getting if you're not yeah. both. So. And I just figured that out this year. I'm like, uh, what have I been doing with my life? But you know, you don't know what you don't know, and it's okay. It's like, it's very okay. I so I <laughs> here's a a story for you. I was on ASCAP, and I I had a contact at BMI that was getting all my other friends like all these opportunities. So uh, I tried to process. I tried to switch from ASCAP to BMI, but it's a really long process. Took oh, me a gosh. year, and then I didn't do it right, and then I got a song on Grey's Anatomy, and I didn't have my Dang it. stuff set up. So I, I, I still wonder if there's like just money floating out there because at, when the song aired, they do pay they do pay you back, but I don't know if it's the same amount on the front end as it would be on the front end. The, so the back end, you're probably getting back end that, or I don't know. I don't even know. With, with, with reruns, I'm definitely getting those now because okay. I got it. I eventually got it. But in yeah. the year where it aired for the first time, which is a, a larger fee, typically, uh, the first one's larger. Yeah. Yeah. You live and you learn. Dang it, man. <laughs> uh, so, what was the first song that you got on a TV show or maybe the most memorable one, your favorite one? My first song I got on a TV show was a song that wasn't me as an artist. It was a song called Static Waves by Andrew Bell on Grey's Anatomy. That was amazing. I love that song. But then my first artist one, so the first song that I got on a TV show as an artist was One Tree Hill. There's a song called Please Don't Leave Quite Yet. Um, and, then I, and then right after that, I got on a song called Pretty, on a show called Pretty Little Liars. And okay. that's what allowed me, allowed me to go full time. Yeah. Um, and didn't you so. say you met Christopher Moller? Or Chris Moller, yeah. So yeah. that that's a fun you story. So I I would at a conference, so, right? Yeah. So I was a trash man for a company, and I was hating it so bad. And I had the opportunity to go out to this conference called Durango, and I did it. I didn't have enough money, but I I went out there. I paid for the flights, and then you had to pay. I think like a thousand bucks to play one song live in front oh. of these supervisors. So I did it. And then the, the whole weekend was you go to these little mini rooms and you play 45 seconds of your recordings. And they're like, Oh yeah, that would, they essentially tell you if it's good enough to be on TV or not. Um, and they get feedback and whatnot. And so, um, the last day I go into like the last meeting and, I didn't know who Chris Miller was, but he, I walked into the room. He's like, you're Adam Megan. I was like, yeah, that's, 
Stephanie. He's like, I'm using Please Don't Leave Quay yet on next week's episode. So I found out from the actual person that used it, and that was a $15,000 sink. So I came home and quit my job as a trash man. He's uh, the music supervisor, Chris Moyer, is the music supervisor for Daniel Myers. And he was like, I'm going to use that on um, Vampire Diaries. And I was like, what? Oh, it was Vampire Diaries. I also, I watched that show too, so I probably heard that. Yeah. Um, but how crazy is that? He's like, and literally yeah, that, that not- about sync, they don't tell you a lot of times that your song's being mm-hmm. used and it just pops up in your your ASCAP, your performing rights organization thing, and you're like, whoa, I just had a song on whatever. That's cool. I, I, I'm not trying to tell you stories to make it sound like I'm bragging. I'm just trying to give you stories to tell you, like, reality. No, or maybe, maybe it's hopeful. But can I tell you another story that happened last week? Yes, absolutely. I love okay, all these so, stories. <laughs> I, <can hear> <laughs> I had a song. I had a song on the new version of Pretty Little Liars called The Perfectionist. Yes! And um, this has never happened to me in my life, in this, getting a, a song on a TV show. It was, the fee was $6,000 all in. So three, three grand towards master, three grand towards um, publishing. Cool. I co-wrote it, and I, I co-wrote it, and I split the master with the guy I wrote it with, even though it was my song. So I was going to see, you know, half, cool. half of that. So we did that. I got an email after the song aired totally. last, on, two days ago saying this, the fee is now $12,000 instead of $6,000. Oh. I don't know how that happened. It's fine. Yeah, so they're paying that's me fine. more money even though they already used the song. Like, that's fine. It's cool. Yeah. Cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'll Play take it, it off like, oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> that seems right. <laughs> Like a, the right number. I don't know. That's cool though, man. Like, especially since you were honorable and you did that split, you know what I mean? Even though you probably didn't have to. Yeah. I almost feel like that's a way of like giving back to you too. I don't know if that's yeah. like that, but that's super cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's encouraging to us. Like you're, you're someone who, I mean, you've had a lot of grit over the years. You haven't given up. Like you said, you're like, I work these crazy jobs. And even when we've been recording, you're like, Oh, I, I got to work at my part-time job. And like, you're hustling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yep. I think it's just really cool to see people who are hustling and working really hard. You have well, a lot of grit to have these mm-hmm. successes, you know? I don't know. It's really encouraging for me, especially because. Yeah. I mean, I think anybody appears as like an overnight success it's really just yeah they're just being found you know like it's not really that it's overnight it's that there's been people working behind the scenes for numerous years you know like i i know people in the whole civil wars camp back when they were a thing and they it looked like they just blew up but they were working really hard for years leading up to it um so it's definitely all about perseverance and i think a lot it's so hard with being it being, I mean, you're essentially exploiting your art, you're exploiting your soul, you know? And so it, you're making a living off of your emotions and, um, it's really hard to not take it personal when it doesn't go well, you know? And so I went through this really long valley of like, am I even good? Do I even have anything to offer? You know? And it's, it's such a lie, but it's like, 
when when it's good, you're like, oh, I'm awesome. I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. But then there's but then there's the other days where it's like, I don't know who like nobody will respond to my phone call or my email, and nobody cares anymore. I'm I'm like washed up, you know, is what I felt like more recently. Um, but in the season, it's just been like, okay, well, what I can control is getting better at my craft. And that's so that's what I'm doing, you know? That is so true. So like what we can control is getting better. And that means, I mean, there's, there's definitely, I mean, I, I definitely am in a place where I need to rethink how to get a team again. Cause I, I, I thrived when I had a manager and a booking agent and a yeah. PR firm and all that junk. Um, cause it's just, it's hard to do it all. It's hard to, it's a business, but you're, it's, it's, we all got into it because we love making music. You know, we didn't get into it because we like emails or whatever, or booking our own shows or whatever. Um, so, but all of that is very necessary for it to actually grow. Right. So, I do have that on here about having a team. You have like your buddy Paul and some other people who do like mixing and mastering. Um, maybe on the music side, yeah, I've got I've got a community side, for sure in that. Which is, I think, is really smart and cool because you understand like maybe I'm really great with the production, but maybe I'm not great at mixing, and so passing mm-hmm. that over to somebody who does that well. Um, I think it's key and not being afraid to know your weaknesses. Like you said, maybe you're not great at booking. Maybe you should get a book, yeah. you know, um, yep. and just knowing your strengths and, uh, then relying on other people to help you get the rest of the way. Yeah. I think it's, it's like taking an honest inventory of your skill set. You know, I mean, any thriving business doesn't, work off of just the guy that came up with the first initial idea, you know, then True. everybody yeah. else had to implement it, you know? So, right. um, that's key. But yeah, I mean, it's been a, I went through numerous teams. So I, when I had a band, I used all these other people that mixed my stuff and yeah. pre- recorded my stuff. And it's, it's a long journey to find people that you, I mean, it's almost like two different families. If you're like a touring artist, you have to, you're in a van for, you know, you're, it's all about the hang is what people say in Nashville. It's yeah. like, you're, you're in a, you're in a vehicle for eight hours and then you only play for 45 minutes. If the guy's a great drummer, but he's horrible to be around, which I had one of those guys. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just not worth it. Like, yeah, he can be the best drummer in the world, but like you also have, you're living. I mean, when you're doing two month tours, you, you have to enjoy yourself or it, you go insane. Um, but it's the same with creating it's like with creating something that's viable and that is ready for the marketplace like it whether it's a full-on production like finding out the right producer that gets your vision get, gets the sound that you want to achieve or if it's um i don't know there's or like for me so, some songs like i'm i'm not really gr- the greatest instrumentalist but I can fake it on most things. So it's like, if it's a song that really needs to have a great piano player, like I'll spend the extra money, hire my buddy that is killer. I'll buy him a six pack of beer and hopefully that will do the trick. Um, And I'll make food. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, hopefully like he'll come over and 
put down something better than what I could do and um, have a good hang out of it. Sometimes I, yeah, get him something out of it. Obviously, like what I do a lot is um, if it's a if it's if it's more of a passion project where I don't have capital to invest into it, I offer like if I'm going to get a sink, I I'll I say well you I'll give you a percentage of the sink if we you know once we get it once we make get, make some money off of it you will get more than what you what your actual rate is you know um and that's a pretty common thing that works so it's like you normally would charge me five hundred dollars but you'll get paid up to like you know fifteen hundred dollars and we sometimes we do like a cap on it so they can't just keep making money but yeah it depends on the situation that's awesome yeah, um, so a lot of us wanted to know, uh, what does it mean to have a broadcast quality song for it to be ready for radio and TV? What does that even mean? Because a lot of us, yeah, we've recorded stuff, but it might not be broadcast quality and ready to be used for placements or whatever. I mean, that's so... I know. It's hard. hard. It's hard to put your finger on that, you know? I mean, you know when you know. It's like, it, I, I think there's there's one thing to be, you know, like the song has to be recorded well, has to be engineered properly. You know, it's the musicianship. I mean, there's some demos I've heard where like the the drums aren't even in time. You know, like that stuff you have to have, to have worked out. But then it's like finesse. It's like actually making it feel like i don't know ready. Not just a demo. um yeah not just a demo you know you have to really flush it out and spend time with it it, it takes a lot of effort and massaging i mean I, i'm thinking about that christmas song i just did for you like i heard the drums a completely different way and you were set on a drum drum part that i didn't hear nor did i really like but i, I went with it because i wanted you to be happy no i grew to like it it's cool <laughs> but now. but it, it is cool i'm not saying it's wrong i'm saying instincts are different you know it's all like perspective and so um i think finding somebody that you gel with and i mean i think that was a good place in our relationship and like yeah i'm not always going to get it 100 percent. most of the time you are like this is awesome great job but like that time was the first time that you you had pushback on an idea i had and I think I think we held it well, but I mean, having working with people that you can have conflict with and get through it and yeah. still get the I think is really important. Because some people take it personal and just like say no, oh, I won't do that, and yeah. that's not fun. Did I get off the question? No, and I think too, <laughs> what's really key there is communication and having yes. references. Because I gave you a reference where the drum was more like what you did and i was what like I did. Oh, dang it. i messed up the rep that's what i was confused about yeah. yeah so honestly going in with a producer having a good reference of what sounds you want what um what or, you, or just a really thought. clear vision i think yeah, a clear vision i there we go. i think it's that or you have to kind of have your hands open if if you're coming to a producer that you feel like you can trust or feel like has more expertise in yep. in this area, 
you have to kind of walk in with your hands open. Like you, especially like you, you've been working with somebody that lives halfway across the country yeah. and you're not in, when I'm making your songs, you're not in the room. And so it's like, you've had to have trust and kind of just like let Adam have in, his interpretation of my song kind of thing. Yeah. And some, in some instances that doesn't work. Like I could never do that as an artist because I'm too opinionated and I have too many ideas or it's like, I want to be, I'm over, I'm over the guy's shoulder the whole time. If I'm not the producer, I'm telling him what to do yeah. a lot of times. And you, that's a whole nother thing where it's like some people can handle that. And some people get really annoyed with you. Yeah. Which I love it. I'm like, because I already know you and I know, um, what you have to bring to the table. It really does take trust. For sure. You know, you have to build that. You're, you're giving your baby away in a, in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Did you have a question? I can't really hear him. Uh, when you send your tracks, this is a producer question, I suppose. When you send your tracks okay. to be mixed, um, do you send them dry, like with no, no effects or anything, or do you leave the effects on? Like, yeah. So, um, I don't even know that. Typically, uh, most mixed guys want the vocal dry. They want to be able to control that. Yeah. So if it's like, if I, I do, a, I do a lot of sound design, so I don't just like pull up a, like a soft synth and just use that. I, I take that and then I'm manipulate it a lot. So I kind of customize my own sounds. So yes, I commit to a lot of my, if I dialed in a reverb that I like, I You'll put tell it on exactly, the camera. You're like, okay, this is the reverb I used. Make sure you do it. Just yep. Yeah. Or, or I just commit to it. I just, I commit to the sound and bounce it down that way. So it, it already has it in there. Um, I'm also picky about my distortions and my delays. So it's like, if it, if I've learned over time that if, if I send it, if I send it dry, they usually don't get it high here in my head. So most times I, um, I just make the, the vocal dry and then everything else. I, most things I commit to drums are depends on the song. Some songs I get really like I run drums through amps and stuff. So I get kind of weird and those I commit to, but I also give them the dry signal. I get a lot. Sometimes I give like both signals so they, they can mix in both. Mixing is different than producing in the fact that the mixing, like our mixing guy, Paul, he, uh, he will add, the delay and the reverb and he'll mix everything in differently, a little bit differently. Um, but still sticks with your main idea, but just brings For it. Sure. He, he, he really just is, he's, he's good. He's got really good ears. So he just EQs really well and he gets the kick yeah. down punchy and that's why I like him. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. So that's the kind of the difference between pro producer and then a you know, good mixing in mastering person mastering brings the volumes up to the right levels and uh, there's there's more compression quality. and more eq done in yeah. mastering too yep 
makes it already again broadcast quality. So mastering. Yep, mastering is different than mixing. So um, there's so many <laughs> levels, you guys, when you get into this. Yeah. Yeah, it's the whole. It's the whole track. You're bringing it up to the right level, making sure the EQ is good, and it's all ready to go. Um, I don't know if there, of course. So what? I found an app a couple days ago. Now I have to redo my whole practice routine. But I found an app. Uh, maybe you guys are all better than me. I can't hear what the hell I'm supposed to do doing an act ring. I can't hear. But I yeah. found an app to help me work on this. And work oh. on everything else. Like it'll take 15% off of this or that. And then you identify it. So you develop the ears. Oh. So What's the app called? I don't. I, 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 I got it right here. Um, but there's. I haven't seen any competitors, but I'm sure there will be. I've been using apps to try and unsuck everywhere. But oh my gosh, to unsuck everywhere. Hear EQ. Hear EQ, so you can hear the EQ. Yeah, it? I think That's it's either like three or eight bucks or something like that. But as a guy who's sick of like always like not knowing what everyone's talking about, That's awesome. Um, okay, well, I know we're kind of running out of time here, but um, another question which you can't answer this fully but answer it as well as you can if someone wants to learn more about getting songs in tv and film what's a good resource or maybe a conference that they can go to that you would suggest uh that they check out a good resource of some sort yeah again that's a lot of relationship when i first got into yes. it it was uh -huh. It was different than what it is now. Um, and what they were looking for was different than what they're looking for now. Um, you honestly probably know better than I do. Because for me, it's been very relationship-based. I, yeah. um, I had a co-write on a guy's record that had a, he already had a deal with Secret Road. Right. And so I started, I started getting synced through that relationship. Exactly. And then I had, this, I had this really bold day where I was like, I knew somebody was going to be in Nashville from LA and I, we had coffee and I was like, Hey, I'm as good as my friends. Like I'm going to send you my stuff, my stuff and hopefully you'll like it. And that's, that was my, that was how I got a deal. Um, yeah. Where I would definitely say before you make sure you're, you have a strong three to five songs to like deliver. I think, that, that really songs? helped me. Out. I don't know. I, I would say three to five. Like three to five. Yeah. Like really, songs ready, Good, like quality recorded. Yeah, like masters, full masters. You also need the instrumentals for all of your the songs that you. That's are very important. Yeah, and sometimes you'll have very like important. a version. Like for by my side, we had an ooh version, and then you yep. know just the oohs, and then. Uh, there's a version with no oohs, so you might even yeah. want different versions. So you just the, the ooh. If you have BGVs, if you have BGVs, that's typically called the TV mix. Yep. TV. Um, funny story. I I, I should. I, I know. I'm telling too many stories. I'll shut up. Before we knew all about this stuff, when we mixed, like my my band song Shadow of Man. 
um, it, I mean, it got like a Coors Light commercial. It got, it got big sinks and we didn't know that. We didn't know you're supposed to do <laughs> instrumental and all that. So the yeah. songs that got, we never printed an instrumental. We had, oh, we had no. the, the main, the main version. And then we had the version with the O's and that's what got sinks. We never. That worked out. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, no. But we we just didn't know, but it's what they want. They wanted the O's. That was what they were using yes. for. So it never was a problem. Yeah, I I'm trying to think. I mean, the the conference that where where I went was called Durango, and I know Durango, they're still yeah. going around. Yeah. Um I don't know if how like how well that helps people. I mean, yeah. I know about taxi. Does how that work for you? Taxi Road Rally, um, and then also uh, Broad Jam, which I think is kind of linked to Taxi. At least it was back when I was. And then um, also, gosh, I just went to Saint Keepers, you guys. Like, it was really good. They had a lot of music supervisor panels, and they also, like, reviewed some music. And so it was really cool and very encouraging. Like, that was the most encouraging conference that I had ever been to sink keepers and um sink s y n c keepers uh and that's through catch the moon that's like the music licensing company through catch the moon and um that was a really cool one and i'm going to cd babies uh diy musician conference and so seth and then so is David. So we're all going to that. And they have um, a music licensing like track where you can learn about more about that. But that's in Austin, Texas. But it's, it was only 99 bucks for a ticket, which was really good. So um, when is that one? That one's in August. So. Oh, so you have a place. Yeah, but... That kind of stuff, honestly, you guys, if you're wanting to go deeper into this stuff or even just like as a musician, go to conferences, go connect with other musicians, learn as much as you can about this stuff. Yep. Because, I mean, you only know what you know, right? <laughs> it's like, yep. you can just learn this stuff. Um, it helps that you're in Nashville because you probably get to like, you could ask people and most anyone would know a lot of your questions. Yes. Yes. And no, I mean, it's so relationship based in Nashville. Yes, it's just like, exactly. so a lot of, a lot of my opportunities came from, like I, I did some writers camps with like Grayson Tide publishing yeah. and a few different publishing companies. And so those, those, those just came to mind while you were talking where basically we would write for sync at a writer's camp. So you, you get scheduled to write with it's usually three people in a room and you're making a track, you write it and record it all in one day. And there's supervisors like Lindsay Wolf has been there one year. Um, Lots of different um, Casey Truman, lots of different sync people. Um, Well, basically they, they give you an assignment. They tell you, this is the spot we're looking for a song like this, with this lyrical theme. And, um, we need a song like it, you know, and then your job is to, to essentially yeah. duplicate that for them. And a lot, I mean, I know that's where Maggie from, you know, Ruel has gotten a lot of, you know, I've 
done a lot of camps with her in those kind of situations, and those they've really, really benefited her. I, I would I know one thing that we a lot of us do in Nashville is we just look on the on is it song find tune find tune find song yeah. find tune yeah find. just look look at them there's like a category it's like the most used songs on TV shows listen to them real and well then write I think it. has the most huh yeah she yeah Maggie gets a lot of this yeah. but I would say just list like don't rip it off but like write songs in those same veins like that yeah. it's it's one thing to be a t like trying to get tv and film synced and then being an artist and i think you have to do a lot of self-work on do you care about your artist identity or are you cool with like hopping genres i know i used to i used to resist like i was like i have my sound and this is my sound <laughs> and they're gonna like it or they're not there you go. I get and now I now I don't care, but um, I think I think it's important for some artists to stay true to who they are. Like yeah. just be you, and and it your time, you know, your time will kind of come. I when I first got syncs, I wasn't trying to get syncs. Yeah, I wasn't trying to write a song for Team and Film. Oh. I just natural, I naturally did it, and it happened. So I mean, maybe you they want that too. They want authentic songs that sound like. Yes, they can. They can tell when you're like trying to write trying to copy way. somebody. Yeah. Oh my goodness! You That's you just good. can see through it. Not good. Yeah, dude, this was amazing. Gosh, like. <laughs> good. We, I do. Did I tell too many stories? No. <laughs> did I tell too many stories? Like no. no. Um, is there anything else you guys want to know, Drina? copywriting what's your view on copywriting and how important is it i don't mess with that junk <laughs> i had a lawyer so they just handled it but i mean really i would just finish your song and get a get it registered to your at your pro company that's what i think is most valuable yeah get it finish it's, the song, it's, so, the so as soon as, as soon as it's copyright it, it's copywritten as soon as it's documented so as soon as you voice memo it and you put it like in your voice notes, you type your, you know, type about the lyrics and you put the date. That's technically cop copywritten, I think. Um, but it's never bit me in the butt. I mean, yeah. And it's um, never been an issue of mine. It's really easy to send it to the Library of Congress. Like you could just send a whole album. That's what I'm going to do with the 12 songs in 12 months. Just send the whole thing. And. Okay. It's not as important if you have a sound recording of it um you know and if it's on your performing rights organization uh mm -hmm. like that it's time stamped you know right so i think that's sure. key and is there anything else i'm in no hurry so if y'all got more questions come on i know let's while he's here um so i have a question from the time when you work with the label what was the expectation when they would hire session musicians oh, when they were yeah. working on some music for like TV production, a band, depending on what was the expectation for a session musician to work with a record? Yeah, what uh what are the like for a session musician, what are the things that the record label would look for or whoever if you were to hire a session musician what do you look uh -huh. for as far as like a good session musician? 
Okay. Um, so a lot of it is being versed in numerous genres. Um, you, you know, you, you have to be kind of able to kind of be, um, a chameleon in styles, I think, or you really get good at one style and that's what the, the people hire you for, you know? Um, I would say, I mean, all studio musicians in Nashville, they can hear a song and as they're hearing the song for the first time, they can chart the song. So they know the chords by hearing, just by ear. Um, I can't do that. Um, I, I, it takes me a while to figure out what people wrote, but, um, but yeah, so that's, that's a pretty standard. People just do the number system and as you're, um, yeah, the natural writing, system, right? Yep, yep. My first experience was I was in the studio with Mitch Dane, who's won a Grammy for Jars of Clay stuff, and he recorded my one of my first EPs. And I was working with all these like big music, like big dudes ten years ago, and ah! they they they're hearing my song for the first time, and they're just writing letters or writing numbers, and I'm just so confused. I'm like, what? And by the end of the song, like they heard the song once and they all got up from the couch and they all went to their appropriate instrument and they all played my song right then. And I was like, whoa. Well, seriously, so it, hear it once, write it, wow. so, or play it. <laughs> wow. That's cool. National number system. So they use numbers. Yeah. 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 They use, most but, use the, and, um, that's like Rick May. Um, he recorded one of my albums. Uh, he's like a really good drummer. He re- or he was with uh, DC Talk back in the day, uh-huh. and um, so he was the same way. He could listen to my song one time, play it perfect mm-hmm. on the drums, and I'm like, "You are a studio musician. This is the difference." Yeah, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so crazy. Yeah. So, but I also think uh, another thing as far as being a studio musician is being teachable. I think that's pretty important. Like, um, it being teachable and, and I mean, you're, you're being hired to have ideas. So you have to be creative. You have to be, um, you know, you ha- that's your job is to, like, not necessarily just play what you're told to play, but, like, create the hook that, goes in the intro or that post course or whatever, you know, like depending yeah. on your, your instrument, obviously, but so, being teachable, I've worked with some guys that are like, Nope, this is what I'm doing. And it's like, well, Nope, I'm never hiring you again. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just like being willing to play what they want you to play, you know, and doing it or just being willing, willing to co- collaborate. I think is what yeah. a lot of it is. It's like being easy to work with. Being easy to work with. That's good. Anyone else have any questions or as far, maybe even from the songwriting perspective, I know we went pretty deep on like the recording side, but honestly, I think as artists, we need to have good recordings. You cannot go out into the world with bad recordings. It's going to mess up. You're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to be able to accomplish anything. You could record a song in your room that is, really great songwriting wise, but if it's not quality enough to go on the radio, you can't get radio play. Um, if it's not quality enough to 
do you can't do anything with it. You can basically give it yeah. to your friends to listen to. Yeah. But that's about it. It's what sets the parts of the hobbyist to the Yeah. You know, but it's okay too if you just wanna like I've had songs where I'm like, man, I just want to record the song because I just like it and I want it. You know? There that's okay too. You can be like you said, uh, more from a hobby perspective or because you want to express something and put something out there. That's cool too. But just know if you're not getting quality recordings, it's not going to go where you want it to go. And that's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Like, ah, there's so many songwriters that I'm like, wait, wait. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, why? Oh, did I lose? Okay, you're cool. Yeah. Yep, go for it. Um, so I write really wordy songs. Like, it's a lot. He and, writes really wordy songs. And, and uh-huh. what I found way late in the game was that I just skipped melody as a major part and did it on instruments. didn't have it in my lyrics. It's garbage. And, and uh, so looking at it now, I noticed that songs with great melodies have very few words. And I don't really connect with songs like that. Yeah, I connect with like Jason Isbell or somebody. Right. So, so uh-huh. from a producer standpoint, from a guy who's been in the industry, from a guy who's trying to sell songs on TV, um, are do you have any insight on how to kind of add melody or things you would do ways to think about melody to a song that's kind of baked in? Like this is a big problem I have. My whole catalog has to be either has to be basically re reimagined because I left out such a key point. And and it's and it, and so it's lyric really, heavy and not melody. Yeah. And is there so I like, one thing I was thinking of is like instead of thinking it doesn't matter what I'm thinking about. What 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 do you think of if somebody walks in the studio and they're paying you and they have songs that are stories that they that they're really proud of, but the melody's trash or non existent. Mm-hmm. Which uh, John, heard, John Super Humble, um, he's a great songwriter. Um, but he said he has a lot of lyric heavy songs that tell mm-hmm. stories, um, mm-hmm. but struggles with the melody more. If he were to go into a session with you and have these lyric heavy songs, but maybe is struggling in the melody, what would you suggest mm-hmm. to him to do? Or, but stay his authentic self because we want him to still write right, right. those really good stories. Um, what's a little tip? Um, yeah, so I, I think, I mean, I love wordy songs. Like, I like, I really, I used to love Josh Ritter and all those kind of writers, but it, it's just depend, dependent on if it's. I don't know. You can marry the two. It's hard to know without hearing a song, but um, I, I don't have a good answer. I want to have a good answer. <laughs> um, I don't know. I wasn't looking for a yes or no or a magic bullet. I just figured you probably encountered situations like this, and, I, and any kind of general insight would be okay. I don't. I don't expect. Yeah, that. I mean. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I think that's the job of a producer. It's like before you yeah. record a song, you have to make sure that you 
trim all the fat. You know, you have to really, you know, like look at look at all the sections and make sure that it's a, a well developed composition before you go into like recording it. You know, so um, yeah, and and that depends. A producer's job is very fluid because it, some days the artist has a very well written song but needs help on how to deliver it vocally. Other artists have a really great chorus, but needs help with the the verse, like setting up the chorus, you know? So it changes day in and day out for me on what does this song need? And, and also, I mean, what does the artist need out of it? And what are they, what's the goal for it? But not every song is trying to get a sync and that I wouldn't, if if that's not your sweet spot, that does not matter. Like yeah. we don't need song. We don't need every song to have a, a post chorus with O's in it. Like we're, we'll be fine. You know, everybody. Uh, there's a lot of people writing those. So I think um, you can. I, I want to hear your music because like it doesn't have to be super developed melodies all the time. I think you still I, have to, e- e- even even like. Yeah, even in a folk song though, you can you can create hooks and rhythm, you know, you can put pauses in the right spot to make it memorable, you know? And I think that it it doesn't have to be a Ryan Tedder post chorus hook that makes you like grab onto it. If you repeat the a lyric twice when it you only were gonna re- repeat it once and then that's the, the thing that somebody latches onto. No matter what, it's gotta be memorable, but it can be memorable in lots of different ways. My favorite thing is m- making hooks on drum on drums. Like that's, it's like not a melody, but it's a rhythm that you can't get out of your head. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was a really good answer. Having a memorable hook somewhere it could be lyrical. It could be melody. Rhythmic. Could be rhythmic. Yeah. Anything like that yeah. is really key. But if the song is done, put something because that's what it feels like when the song is going on and on and on. And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm attached to something that's coming up. It sounds like I'm hearing is that, that there's a lot of different ways yeah. to, to make and I would say with that, like with a more traditional folk song, I would also really play with dynamics. You know, if you have four verses, but you play them at the same level and the song doesn't go anywhere, you're as a listener, you're going to be bored. But if you, wherever you play with dynamics, because that does so much, you can, dynamics. You can really make something set. It can be the same section, but it can be way more flourished and with way more colors. And then it can be stripped down to just the vocal and like the bare instrument. And it's, it can really move the song along, but still not be, you know, does that make sense? Remember that one time we recorded a song with only two chords, but it sounded Mm -hmm. dynamically different and amazing. I'm like, that's a really Mm -hmm. good example is the song that I just did with Adam can't hold me down. Two chords, my friends. And that's literally all I had. I was like, Adam, I wrote this song at 11 11 o'clock last night. We were going to work on a different song, but I was like, I think we need to do this song. And luckily you were up to the challenge. (laughs) And, um, And it was all about the dynamic. It only had two chords, but literally, like, it was stripped down in 
the verse. And it did have those, the drum hook for sure. You know, that memorable mm-hmm. drum and then, um, drops out and has a huge chorus, but literally mm-hmm. two chords. It's all about the dynamic, the up and down, the story that you're taking your listener on. Yeah. So far. Um, Adam, I, I am an old parent and my, so my children are uh, still young, youngish. <laughs> and a lot of times I ask, you know, well, what'd you really, what'd you like about that song? And invariably they really don't even listen to the lyrics. They're just tuned into the music. <laughs> I hear this yep. so much from younger the vibe. people. It's the vibe. From younger people. I wanted to know if you had any comment on that. Yeah. Yeah, I I mean <laughs> it's it's a little unfortunate. I'm I'm very I like a good lyric. I've definitely written those songs though. Um where it doesn't really matter what you say, it just matters what it sounds Are like, you, you know? Yeah. Um but but there's something cool about that. Like I know, um, like Bon Iver, I've I've heard how his writing process is. Is he like mouths vowels, and whatever vowel sounds right to him, he just finds the closest word that fits that vowel. That's why his his lyrics are so artistic, is because he's, he's just following a shape, the shape of his mouth, and I think that's like a. That's cool how many syllables you use and how, how you frame your, that's why sometimes lyrics don't matter. It's because it's more about like the sound that it's complementing the music, I guess. But does it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, but sometimes it's, I think some lyrics are pretty dumb. A lot of times in that situation, it's like, it's a feeling that you get like a lot of times right. right. they're not listening. They're just like, Oh, this feels fun. You know, this song makes me happy. And it's, a lot to do with the sounds that you're using and stuff. So Mm -hmm. capturing, I think a feeling is more of a big deal. I don't know. Maybe, but also depending on the, I would say depending on the genre, you know, yeah. Pop is all about having a feeling. Yeah. And the vibe, but not necessarily about the lyrics (laughs) because they're terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Not all. I'm a pop writer, though, so I can't speak to that too much. Oh. Did you have something, Zach? Um, yeah, it's kind of funny, like you mentioned about dynamic, because I'm in a jazz band ensemble. The one thing that our jazz band director always says is play with dynamics. Play with mm-hmm. dynamics, that's and right. I was, and it was kind of interesting, because all this kind of conversation about a good thing about recording, mixing, and then making songs with words, it kind of reminds me of John Mayer, where yeah. he is instrumental, but he does things with words and lyrics and knows how to balance it. Yeah. So it was, it's, I just thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Kind of, that seems to connect with that. What did you say about John Mayer? Uh, John Mayer is just like, he knows how to make instrumental, but at the same time really knows how to put words When to add like, the words like, in. Like, he knows how to write songs that are necessary. Yeah. yeah. Good instrumentalist, but also knows when to add the words in, and it's really tasteful, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, listen to most music, you'll find that, um, this doesn't really relate to what you just said, but um, there's kind of a rule in production 
that something new happens every four bars. Mm. Um, so, so pay attention to that in songs and like, if, if the melody doesn't change or if like a shaker comes in or something gets taken out or a new, you know, a, like at an addition on guitar, you know, like, I think that's one thing that you people don't really pay attention to, but like now with current music, our attention spans are all horrible because of the, our phones. So you have to kind of have something new happen or you get bored and just, just skip to the next song. So, no. That's that means anything to you. Yeah. Yep, James. James, love! Okay. Oh, how do you put your heart into writing a Kleenex commercial song? This is something that we were talking about, like, how do you stay an authentic artist if you are trying to write for sync i think mm -hmm. you know what i mean you want to say authentic to who you are um but also obviously put out a really good song you know you i think you have to see it as for me it's like there's days where i'm writing an adam Egan song and it's really personal and i'm telling more of who I, i'm like bearing more of my soul but there's other days where I've got to pay my mortgage. I've got to pay my water bill. I've got all this stuff. And it's really okay to put my pride aside for eight hours, four hours, however long it takes me, um, to write something to provide for my family and support my family. So um, that song was actually, it was all about, um, the lyric was, I think, something about man up. And it was all about being, um, it was really empowering boys to step up to the plate. So I didn't feel when I was writing that, I didn't feel like I was compromising my authenticity. Um, I thought I was empowering a version of myself that needed some lessons and that did, didn't get that from my father. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. I think, um, gosh, this is such a hard thing. It is so much, when you get into the business side, it's hard to, cause I, I'm less like this now. I used to be like this. I used to be like, I'm not going to let anything take away from my artistry. But when you really get into sync writing, you almost have to be more artistic because you've got to think outside of the box box. Um, even more. But it has to be, but it has to be so obtainable. It has to be something that, Yep. All mass media can digest, you know? So it comes off as pop, but it's because pop is popular. Popular pop is not a bad thing to be there's popular also, than, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of room to like, um, there's a lot of room for emotional, literally what sync writing is about is making a feeling you want yeah. your, your, listener your viewer to experience a feeling so in Grey's Anatomy they always have that song at the end where there's no there is not even any dialogue it's all music and it's usually a moving moment where you're crying let's be honest about it so it's like they have this I've, got, I've gotten two of those 
Yeah, this moving <laughs> emotional moment, and you're like, oh my gosh, this song is making me cry. And the song plays the character at that moment in that TV show. So there's room for emotional lyric. <laughs> but they have to be, the lyrics have to be um, not descriptive, too descriptive. Like you don't want to have any colors in your lyrics, you don't want to have any places in your lyrics. You, you don't, yeah, person, you don't want to say, like, an eye color of somebody because then they're like, oh, well, this person has brown eyes. I can't use a blue-eyed person in this. Yeah. I would take so, that. I agree. With, I, would, I would agree with you, and I've been told that numerous times. Yeah. But I would take it with a grain, I would take it with a grain of salt because okay. my song that got a lot of syncs had very specific lyrics. Okay. I wrote a song about I wrote a song about like my childhood when we should like, we didn't that. we didn't have we didn't have heat for a lot of winters growing up in Indiana and so I wrote I used the word furnace in a song <laughs> and oh, yeah. I got lots of things with it you know the 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 part the like the really like thinkable part had a very easy lyric to di- digest which ah. is please don't leave quite yet but you can throw them in the verses they you can sneak them past them. Yeah, sneak them past them. No one will ever know. Yeah, but really, <laughs> I think more than anything is capturing an emotion. You know, that's really what they're looking for. They need the right emotion. For sure. Moment. Um, usually something that they can loop over and over, and it's easy to edit. Um, so you want to have clear edit points. And, yeah. Anyways. I don't know how we went on, like, a sync conversation, but... It's cool, right? I'm like, the fact that we can use music as a way to, like you said, to provide for your family. And, um, but yeah, I'm very grateful. Really, really good music. So I, I hope you guys feel encouraged <laughs> from this. God, do you feel encouraged? Okay. Yeah, thank you. I'm like, we're all going to clap. <laughs> thank you, Adam. <laughs> yeah. For sure Thanks story. for letting me talk. I hope it was helpful. Oh my gosh. I feel like so ready. I'm about ready to go do some more. Take some butt, y'all. Yeah. So if anybody wants to chat more or whatever, hit me up on Instagram or something. Yep. Instagram. Um, yeah. Well, thanks, man. I hope you have a good rest of your day. You're in Florida, right? Thank you. Yeah, I'm on a little mini vacay. Yes. Well, enjoy. Thanks for I'm coming with- in on here with us. And we appreciate yeah. it. Awesome. See you guys. Have a good day. You too. Bye, Adam. Bye.